0: Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast. Headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhart.
1: So question off the top, Chris, do you have an early childhood memory of when you first learned about dinosaurs? And also did it make an impression on you?
2: It's funny you ask this because I feel that now that I'm an adult seeing all of my nieces and nephews, I can remember a lot of things about them and dinosaurs. Almost each one of them, right? You you ask them like, when they're first learning English, you know, what sound does a dinosaur make? And they all go rawr, you know? and. Um, so I have plenty of those memories with like five nieces and nephews at this point, but for myself, no, absolutely not. Uh, Pretty much Jurassic Park, which I know made an impression on you too. Oh, for
1: sure. So yeah, that came out when we were kids. Honestly, yeah. Jurassic Park in 1993 made a huge impression on me and just, you know, the idea of how massive these species were, how they existed so long ago. And you really do get a sense of the historical significance right here in Albuquerque. When you go and visit the New Mexico museum of natural history and science, which I've done with my little girl, I remember when she was a baby, you know, they have that big dinosaur in the atrium and mm-hmm. sometimes it'll roar. And then there's an age that they start to get like fearful of that a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I recall looking at some of our file video recently that showed that exact moment for yeah. some kids out there. We're talking about dinosaurs here today, but not just any dino because New Mexico was once again thrust into the national spotlight this past week after researchers announced a new study that completely reshapes our understanding of maybe the most famous dinosaur to ever walk the earth, that being the Tyrannosaurus Rex.
1: And we'll get into this discovery in more detail here, but I want to first introduce our guest. He's a paleontologist and the chief curator at the New Mexico Museum of natural history and science right here in Albuquerque, Spencer Lucas. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. First, just to give our listeners a little bit of your background, according to your bio, you've done extensive field research in the American West, in Kazakhstan, China, Mexico, Nicaragua, Costa Rica. You've published books, more than a thousand scientific articles, but you're also an author on this most recent scientific study that we're talking about today involving the new identification of tyrannosaur species. Is that correct?
2: Absolutely. So similar question for you, Spencer, before we get into today's discovery, do you have an early memory of learning about dinosaurs and, and how did this profession first spark your interest?
0: I actually do have an early memory. I grew up in Albuquerque and when I grew up, there was no natural history museum here. So there was nowhere you could go and see dinosaurs. But my uh, grandparents lived in New York City. And so when I was young, I was about six or seven. My parents took me and my sister and brother back to New York City to visit our grandparents. And my father took me to the American Museum of Natural History, which is where the original skeleton of Tyrannosaurus rex was on display, still is. And I remember that. Now, that said, that's not really why I became a paleontologist or at least I didn't really decide I wanted to do paleontology till I got to college. So there were a lot of years in between when I thought I, thought I might be a famous, you know, reporter for KRQE.
2: <laughs> okay. And I will say as well, I have shared that experience. I did go to the American Natural History Museum in New York City when I was sometime in middle school. I guess when I was thinking of early memories, I was thinking like infant barely walking sort yeah. of thing. But That was an early memory, very powerful thing, seeing those skeletons, those fossils up close, so to speak.
0: Well, and the beauty, look, and and to me, the perspective, the beauty is you can see them here now. If you're a kid growing up in New Mexico, you don't have to go to New York City to see great dinosaur fossils. You can come here to Albuquerque to the Natural History Museum, and we have our own dinosaur fossils on display.
1: What was it in college, just curious, that piqued your interest or led you down the path of paleontology?
0: Well, I was, I was always interested in history. When I was in high school, I was really interested in ancient history, in European history, and, when, and I was interested in archaeology, too. And so when I went to college, I thought for a while I might become an archaeologist. But I realized, you know, archaeologists are interested in studying the arrowheads and the clay pots and all the artifacts, the cultural objects that people make. I was more interested in the bones at the archaeological sites. And so I was in a class, an archaeology class, and I asked the professor who was a famous student of Pueblo archaeology, I said, why don't we talk about bones more in this class? And she said, that's not really archaeology, that's paleontology. So a little light went on my head and I began to study paleontology.
1: Okay. Which brings us a little bit to today, basically this new study published in the journal Scientific Reports identifies a subspecies or relative of the T-Rex that's now known as Tyrannosaurus macraensis. Am I saying mm-hmm. that correctly?
0: Yeah, and it's actually careful, it's not technically a subspecies, it's a, a whole new species. Oh, okay. Yeah, McCrayensis. it's named after a rock formation who was called the McCray formation that we found the fossil in. So we named the species after the rock formation the fossil came from.
1: Okay, and paleontologists like yourself believe that this Tyrannosaurus is actually five million years older than the familiar T. rex that we know about. All of this goes back to the discovery of a partial skull of an adult Tyrannosaurus from the Elephant Butte Reservoir in the 1980s. But the announcement of this new species just came out last week. So why is it 40 years later that we're just figuring this out?
0: Well, when the fossil was originally found in the 1980s, we knew a lot less about Tyrannosaurus Rex than we do now. So the paleontologists who first studied it, which weren't me or any of the people who worked on this project, They very logically thought it was T. rex because based on what was known at the time, it was T. rex. But we've learned a lot about Tyrannosaurus in the last 30, 40 years. So the group that published this paper were able to look at the fossil again in the light of new knowledge. And that's really a very typical way the scientific process works. You know, we think we know A today. 40 years later, we knew B. So now we have to think about both A and B and, and we reinvestigated the fossil and realized that given the huge amount of new information we had on T-Rex, this thing was different. Not only that, but we also were able, and, and we didn't do all this work ourselves, there, there were uh, geologists at New Mexico State University in Cruces who I worked with to get better geologic ages on the fossil. And this was interesting because We know that T-Rex fossils are only found in rocks that are about 66 to 68 million years old. This fossil is about 72 million.
1: Wow.
2: So let's get back to that. You mentioned those differences really started to stick out to you. So why are we calling this a new species of Tyrannosaurus? How and why did researchers come to that conclusion?
0: Because we think the anatomical differences are so big that they indicate it's a different species. And one of the best examples is the lower jaw. The lower jaw of this new species is very shallow and long. The uh, jaw of T. rex is very deep and massive. And so that implies or indicates that this animal ate differently. It was eating different food. And that's a big deal biologically.
1: Wow. Can you tell us more about where this fossil or skull was found in New Mexico and and who found it?
0: The fossil was originally found in 1983 by two members of the public, people who lived in Las Cruces, who were boating on Elephant Butte Reservoir. They weren't looking for fossils. And when they got out on the eastern shore of the lake, they happened to land at the place where this big chunk of dinosaur jaw was lying and they recognized it as something unusual, a fossil, et cetera. And fortunately they contacted the natural history museum. And and this is an important point that I I, I like to make, you know, New Mexico is a very rural state. Many people live in the state on the land, ranching, farming, and many more are hiking, fishing, camping, whatever. So people are finding things all the time out in the countryside of New Mexico. So what we want people to do, what we hope people will do is when they find these unusual things, we want them to contact the museum or to contact a nearby university, try to get to somebody who knows something technical about what they found. So that somebody who knows can say, oh, that is an important discovery or it needs to be collected in this way. And so if you think about it, if these two people had not contacted the museum, we wouldn't be here talking about it today. We're really fortunate that they did that.
2: That's yeah. really incredible. And and I know I have covered a story about, I think it was a bachelor party years ago on Elephant Butte found a, a mastodon skull, I believe it was. Got um, it, yeah. And it was that same thing. You're just so glad that people are observant. They realize eh, something's different here. We should call the experts and, and did it.
0: Right, and you know, I'm, I'm very passionate as you can imagine, about New Mexico's natural history. I want us to understand the history of the state. And by that, I mean millions and millions of years of history. And this is how we understand it. It's through these fossils. And there aren't that many paleontologists working in the state. You know, they're, they're, literally there are less than 10 people who are professional paleontologists in the state. We can't possibly find everything. We need the help of the public.
1: And I imagine that, excavation process of, you know, really getting to get a better look at this fossil that's been there for millions of years is a complicated process, right?
0: It can be complicated. It can require special tools and sometimes even special chemicals in order to do it correctly. So yeah, so what we want people to do, and of course now, you know, in the modern, the really modern age, everybody's got a phone with a camera. So, you know, nowadays people take pictures. I, I get emails all the time of photographs people have taken of something they ran across what is this is this important Uh, back then in 83 there was no such phone use i think they picked up a piece of this and brought it to albuquerque Hmm.
2: wow so we touched on this a little bit but this is certainly not the first discovery by any means of historical significance in new mexico in terms of fossils being found here in fact new mexico has been named the fourth state with the most dinosaur fossils found hundreds of them have been recorded here so can you tell us maybe what are some of the other big discoveries people may have heard about or would be interested in hearing about
0: oh well you know new mexico who 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 ranked us fourth we should be number one (laughs) (laughs) who are the top three wyoming montana utah we're We're at least as good as them. I always tell people, you know, if you turn on TV and you watch Nova or Discover Channel, you'll see Mongolia, Argentina, Montana. New Mexico belongs up there. Acre per acre, there are probably as many fossils in New Mexico as there are anywhere on Earth. And it's because New Mexico is a high, very dry, rocky landscape. We don't have a lot of vegetation and soil covering up the rocks that have the fossils. There have been, to answer your question though, there have been incredibly important dinosaur discoveries made in New Mexico for well over a century. You know, if you go back to the 1800s, New Mexico State Fossil is a dinosaur. Do you know what New Mexico State Fossil is?
2: Ooh, I'm trying to remember this. Is it, does it have to relate to the Bistai beast by any chance? No. No. Okay.
0: It's theophysis which is one of the earliest dinosaurs that's well-known, came from Ghost Ranch. The legislature made it the state fossil, the official state fossil. Almost all the states have a state fossil back in the 80s. That dinosaur was originally discovered in the 1880s, if you can imagine that. We have this very long and rich history of dinosaur discoveries. In terms of more recent discoveries, most of the recent discoveries have been made by either the staff at the museum or by members of the public or students or whatever who brought them here. So you may remember a few years ago, we had a new armored dinosaur, an ankylosaurus called Ziapelta that we announced and, uh, and published. We also did an exhibit recently on a dinosaur called Alamosaurus. And Alamosaurus was found originally in the 1920s. And it's a, uh, a brontosaurus, it's a sauropod dinosaur that was originally found in New Mexico. In fact, its name, Alamosaurus, it was named after the place it was found. And it, again, and the place is called Ojo Alamo. was a spring near Farmington in northwestern
2: part of the state. You mentioned off the top, you wondered who made the ranking a company called Stacker. They said they consulted the paleobiology database, nonprofit public resource, bringing fossil records from research institutions around the world. So
0: that's fair. And probably all they were doing was looking at the number of dinosaur species. Yeah. But I think um, so. yeah, it's a kind of a tough judgment, you know, uh, to make, you know, it's like asking, you know, who, who was the greatest football player of all time or something like this, or
2: very true. what's your
0: favorite dinner, <laughs> you know? These are all things that have multiple answers. Anyway, the other thing is though that we have a lot of fossils in the state that are not dinosaurs as well. So there are a lot of important discoveries. A couple of years ago, we found a fossil of a of a giant uh, sea scorpion. And we did some publicity on that, and that's an animal that lived many millions of years before the dinosaurs. So I I would say that I'm very lucky to be a paleontologist living and working in New Mexico because we have such an incredible fossil record here.
1: Interesting. One of the things that I found interesting just reading about this recent discovery and announcement is that the closest known relatives of Tyrannosaurus are from Mongolia, but the new discovery suggests that the Tyrannosaurus lineage appeared in North America five to seven million years earlier than we thought. And may have originated in the southwest before spreading north. So, raising the question: Is it possible? Could the T. Rex have originated in New Mexico?
0: Yeah, that, no. That's that's one of the more interesting points that comes from this discovery. And it, it you know, and, and I always like to say that good science actually asks more questions than it gives answers. So, it asks these questions. Okay, we have this Tyrannosaurus now. It's five or more million years older than any other. Is it the ancestor of T. rex? It's old and it's from New Mexico. Does it mean, right, that maybe the Tyrannosaurs originated in what's now the Southwest? Because the other popular idea, you mentioned it, was that these animals originated in Asia, in Mongolia, and then they immigrated across a Bering Land Bridge to get to North America. And that's been a subject of debate for many years. So this new discovery adds to that debate by saying, oh, look, we have this older Tyrannosaurus is from southern North America. Maybe we just haven't had a good enough fossil record to really understand the origin of Tyrannosaurus.
1: Wow.
2: So just for some perspective on how massive these creatures were, can you give us some metrics on how big they were? what they ate, lived off of, and, and what ultimately does this new species identification tell us about the evolution of the Tyrannosaurus?
0: Well, okay, a fully grown Tyrannosaurus, Rex, and this animal's every bit as big as T-Rex, it's not small, it would have been about 40 feet long. And how much it weighed depends on how, you know, how how beefy you make the animal. The estimate could be anywhere from a couple of tons to nine or 10 tons. That's a very squishy number to get at. You know, it's easy to say 42 feet long. You got, we have complete skeletons. So we know how long they were. They ate, in a way, they ate whatever they wanted. They were the top predators of their day on land. So they were eating other dinosaurs primarily. They were fierce predators. And probably they even did some scavenging. This fossil is interesting because... Like I said earlier, it shows a different jaw structure, which suggests that maybe the earlier members of the Tyrannosaurus lineage were eating something different than later members. So here's the problem, though. You've got this one species now at, say, about 72. Then you've got T. rex at 68 million. What happened in the 4 million years in between? And we don't know that. We're going to need to find fossils to fill that gap. But something happened. Something surely happened, you know, in that interval. Either this animal is, in a sense, the ancestor of T Rex, or at least it's the cousin of T Rex.
2: And for those of us who maybe need a refresher on what happened to dinosaurs like the T Rex, can you tell us briefly what, what led to their extinction?
0: They went extinct about 66 million years ago, in large part because an asteroid hit the Earth, it collided. In what's now the gulf of mexico there was also though an extreme amount of volcanic activity in what's now india and so it's interesting you know five years ago the answer would have been the asteroid did it but now there's been a lot of rethinking about this huge volcanic field and so the volcanic field may also have played a role in the extinction of dinosaurs
1: I'm thinking about the land before time mm-hmm. again one of my early childhood memories <laughs> of uh you've seen the film land before time okay yeah spielberg yeah had a hand in in my childhood memories of dinosaurs clearly um (laughs) another article i read about you know this recent publication made the point that this particular announcement of a tyrannosaurus species which again changes how we think about what's been a really famous dinosaur up to this point is that this announcement will be highly scrutinized like you said so where does the science go from here? Do you expect to be challenged in your research?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. We, I mean, the article itself was peer reviewed, and the peer reviewers, if they do their due diligence, they challenge things in the article that they think need more uh, support. And we did have one reviewer who who challenged some of our conclusions, so we had to answer that. I think what will happen now is that they're going to be experts on on Tyrannosaurus who are going to want to come and study the fossil because it's, it's not enough to look at pictures. You really want to look at the real thing. So I think we're going to have people come and revisit the fossil, see if they agree with the anatomical features we talked about. For us, there's two things we're going to do. One is we only have this one fossil, so we want more. We want to go back out in the field and see if we can find another one or more Anatomy to this type of dinosaur. And then the other thing, and I mentioned this, we were able to get some ages from volcanic ash beds. And we're working, I'm working with the people at NMSU right now to try to get more numerical ages and more precise ages. Because we had one of the reviewers of our paper question the age, said, Oh, I'm not convinced it's 72. You know, convince me. And I would say to that, the best evidence we have. Is that it's 72, but it's not ironclad. It could be 71. It could be 74. We need better data to really make that age as precise as possible.
1: 72 million years old is what you're saying.
0: Yes, yes. Um, yeah.
2: It's always fascinating because, yeah, I mean, to your point that you said earlier, the knowledge base changes as we learn more through the years and we kind of refine our understandings of things. And, you know, whether that's about what Killed the dinosaurs, or whether that's about our understanding of a specific type of species is uh, very interesting. The partial skull of this Tyrannosaurus that was found near Elephant Butte, where can people see it up close? And again, what makes it so different from the traditional T Rex if people do get to sort of see it up close there? What will people notice?
0: You can see it up close right now. We put it on display in the museum's atrium, you know, the the main front room at 9 a.m. this morning. And it's going to be there. So if you want to come see the actual fossil, it's there. The things you can look at that are, are very striking are um, the jaw. We put the jaw out. And if you bring along a picture or whatever of a T-Rex jaw, you can compare it and see this difference in overall shape and, and what we would call a robustness, you know, how thick and massive it is. It's not as thick and massive as a normal T-Rex jaw. The other thing we have out is part of the skull. And this uh normal T-rex, and you, you see this in the uh, artwork and whatnot, has a ridge right behind the eye, a big ridge that's stuck up. This dinosaur did not. And we think that's important because these types of ridges, they're almost like the antlers on a deer or the horn on a rhinoceros. They're we we think of them as this, we call them display structures. So what happens is Two dinosaurs meet each other and they look at each other and say, oh, you've got the same ridge on your head as I do. Therefore, we're the same species. Therefore, we could either be friends or we could be mates or whatever the behavioral scenario is. And that's really important. So we put those bones out so that those really striking differences could be uh, appreciated by the public. There are other bones that we didn't put out that have differences, but the differences are more, um, they're a little more subtle. They're a little more technical, anatomical. These two differences are really the, the best ones to see. But
1: come to the Natural
0: History Museum. It's on display.
1: Fascinating stuff. Well, congratulations on the recent publication and, and this announcement. I think it's, yeah, it's a big deal and definitely thrust New Mexico into the spotlight for this research for sure. Thank you. Is there anything else I'm missing, though, that you would like to add or want people to understand?
0: Having grown up in Albuquerque, it's, it's a great source of pride to me that now anybody in New Mexico can come see New Mexico's dinosaurs in New Mexico. That's one of the things this museum is all about. When the state of New Mexico created this museum, that was one of the reasons they created it. And so we want to teach our children, all of our citizens about New Mexico's natural history. And this museum is designed to do that. And that's what this discovery is. We're showing you the newest science we've done here at the museum and trying to understand the natural history of the state.
2: That's fascinating stuff. And I wanted to ask you one last question because we know that there are fossils in all types of environments across New Mexico. Do you have a favorite region that you like to look at for fossilization discoveries in New Mexico?
0: No, that's hard. I've worked all, I love this state. I've worked everywhere. Right now, my favorite area is east of Socorro, okay. in Socorro County. But what we're looking at there is older than dinosaurs. A lot of old fossil footprints, fossil leaves, fossil bones. But I I would say, you know, whether it's Roswell, Farmington, Deming or Clayton, you know, I've been all over the state and it's, it's a wonderful place to collect fossils, and it depends on what your interest is. If you're interested in dinosaurs, we've got them. If you're interested in footprints, we've got them. You know, if you're interested in shells of marine animals, we've got them. So it's so I'm a kid in a candy store. It's <laughs> great,
1: Spencer Lucas. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it.
0: My pleasure.
2: Once again, a huge thank you to Spencer Lucas. We appreciate you uh, stepping in, which is essentially a day after this big announcement to give this interview here. Really neat to see, I think, what he was talking about, New Mexico kind of get that national spotlight, international spotlight, if you will, to show off the things that are here. And it is really remarkable from dinosaurs to sea creatures to early Historical evidence of humans and their presence on the planet—it's—it's it's just a, a wealth of discovery out there, and probably many more to be had.
1: Yeah, and if you haven't been to the Natural History Museum recently, it is a really cool experience. You can walk through what feels like you know the volcano era and just learn so much about our history. It's just fascinating.
2: Yeah. The, speaking of volcanoes, best movie out there. Dante's Peak or Volcano, oh please email in <laughs> your answer. Which was better, Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones or Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton? Please let us know.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Jurassic Park wins it all, Did, in my have a opinion. you pick between the two? Between those two? Yeah, Dante's uh, Peak was pretty crazy.
2: It was a great one.
1: I, <laughs> anyway, I, 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 I digress. <laughs> yeah, we digress. Email us your story pitches, your ideas, and maybe your favorite movies if you want to hear our take. I'm gabrielle.burkhardt at krqe.com via email and gburknm on social media.
2: I'm at chris McKee TV on social media and also chris. at krqe.com. Thanks for listening.